0: The views and opinions expressed by guests on Connected do not necessarily reflect those of Side Street Studio Arts. Episodes may contain adult language. Mm. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Connected, uh, the podcast from Side Street Studio Arts, where we have conversations with members of the arts community. I'm Nick Mataragas, and joining me this week is Amanda Scharf. Uh, welcome.
1: Thank you. It's good to be here.
0: Oh, thank you for coming. Um, so I, uh, I first saw your work at C2E2, uh, the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo. Um, you were in a booth at Artist Alley. Um, yeah. Is that something you regularly do is have booths at uh, Comic-Con type events?
1: yeah um i mostly hit up anime cons um i've been leaking into the comic con scene and this was actually my first year at c2e2 and it was very exciting to be there despite you know the cap attendance and you know covid still being a threat but it was still very fun and exciting
0: good um so you said anime cons and you're you're an illustrator and um you do some comics uh and stuff like that uh maybe could you tell us a little bit about how you would describe your work?
1: Um, I would describe it and I've heard others describe it as controlled chaos. <laughs> and <laughs> that really is kind of how I uh, tend to do things. Like when I start an illustration, I never really have a defined method. I just kind of let things uh be as organic as they can and let them kind of dictate themselves a little bit I don't ever really have a plan and even when I'm in the process of thumbnailing it's very chaotic because I pull sources from here and there and it's like okay now imagine this you know pattern or this shape in this one particular spot or, or applied in this one particular way and when I was still in college many many years ago and I would go in uh to pitch an illustration to one of my professors they would just look at me and be like i have no idea what you're talking about so (laughs) i've just kind of run with that and just kind of describe myself as you know very controlled chaos
0: no i could see that as being the case it it, there's a lot of um from what i've seen of your work there's usually a central figure or uh, some sort of central focal point and then a lot of stuff going on around it that actually yeah. draws the eye. And it, it actually reminds me a little bit of um, like Art Nouveau, but with like a grittier feel to it. Mm. Um, I can
1: definitely see that because there are often I often put like geometric shapes, like a lot of times circles in behind the main figure to definitely help draw the eye specifically towards, you know, where I think the focal point should be.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, is the is there a certain medium you use? Do you use uh, ink? Do you use dig- all digital? What what kind of uh, medium do you use when you when you create these?
1: When I do traditional, I actually do mixed media. So it's watercolor, acrylic, pen and ink, and I will incorporate origami paper or oftentimes I will often just create my own uh, patterns and then cut them out. And then apply them onto my illustrations, um, oh, okay. and then I'm also heavily into digital, and I'm trying to get to the point where it's very hard for, you know, the viewer to discern which is digital and which is traditional. And I'm, I'm actually gaining a lot of momentum doing that, and I'm tricking a lot of people, and I'm really <laughs> enjoying the process.
0: Well, that's good. That's good that you're you're getting to that point. Do you do you? Um, ever combined kind of the traditional with the digital, like use a little bit of one and a little bit of the other.
1: I have not. I, um, only when I scan in a traditional piece, I try to keep my digital retouches kind of minimalistic because I feel often that, um, I'm not trying to be a purist or anything, but I really enjoy how the traditional one came out. So I'm not trying to alter too much of it. Although my next step is to going to be seeing how I can combine traditional mediums and my digital side, even if it's just painting a background a certain way in watercolor so I can pick up a certain texture just the right way. And then uh, incorporating that into the background and then overlaying my digital painting on top of that—that's um, definitely in the works.
0: Okay, so. that makes sense. I, I could totally see that. You mentioned using origami paper. How did you start using origami paper in your pieces?
1: Um, it was really just kind of a happy accident. I uh, was actually just perusing like a craft store one day and found origami paper and found patterns that I liked and. Um, when I was, well, I still am, but especially when I was uh, still in college, very heavy into the Japanese culture and was just mesmerized by, you know, the kimono patterns and all of that. And these origami papers were just these nice, quick little references and uh, so I just started intricately cutting them out and just kind of copying and, past- and, well, not copying, but just pasting them right on over my illustrations. And a teach- because I was still in school and I was experimenting with as a teacher, I was actually like, oh, this is really cool. You should keep con- continuing to do that. And so um, it was just kind of in a happy accident. I've never looked back and I've been having a lot of fun with it. and Even making my own Japanese inspired patterns has been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's such an interesting like addition to to it. Like, you know, you mentioned all the other things, the watercolor and the pen and ink and all of the things. And then you said the origami paper and I was like, what? Um, But then going (laughs) back through, I can kind of see that influence and how that works. And it's it is a beautiful way to add texture to to what you've created. Thank you. Um, I'm kind of looking at one right now, like of a of a rooster. And I can kind of see is that one with origami paper as well?
1: Um, that one, the blue and orange pieces were mm. actually painted rice paper.
0: Oh, okay. Very cool. Yeah, because you can see, you can almost see the texture of it in the in the piece, like that texture of the paper. Yeah, and so. when
1: I put, you know, the glue on it and, you know, slapped it down, it kind of created this wonderful little wrinkle. Mm-hmm. And yeah when it got scanned in it definitely uh preserved that texture and sometimes that gets lost in the scan and um that was just kind of a happy accident that it stayed that way
0: yeah i mean it it's it's very cool the way that that worked out um i kind of described your work a little bit myself but i I do want to know how you um would describe like stylistically what you i know you talked about the the controlled chaos but like If you were to say, like, it's influenced by this or that, or it's kind of this style, is there a certain specific style or or form that you would consider your work?
1: Um, Gosh, I don't know. I'm I'm very much heavily inspired by Yoshitaka Amano, who did a lot of the early Final Fantasy artwork Mm -hmm. and who just kind of continues to do his own thing and be very amazing at it. And I don't know if that's a that's a specific genre that you know you could easily peg down.
0: That's fair. <laughs> that's, that's totally fair. Um I also noticed that your subject matter um has kind of a, a broad scope. You have some very um dark figures, like like dark not in like in value, but like dark in like subject right. matter, um, uh, like the, the the woman, like almost draped in skulls. Um, but then you also have more, I guess I wouldn't I would call it more traditional fantasy feeling, um, but also kind of ranging into other. I guess it's all kind of fantasy related. I, I don't know mm-hmm. if, that, if that's fair to say.
1: I think it's fair to say. I mean, it's very, of course, um, heavily stylized and very imaginative. Mm hmm. Um, but yeah, I've gotten a lot of comments about that woman draped in skulls, and I think that's probably my favorite piece so, to date. Um, it's interesting I feel because it has actually a lot of biblical references to it. Uh, it's um like even just the composition is inspired by old gothic uh, paintings that you often see in like Catholic churches, and then. Uh, the crown of thorns is supposed to represent uh, Christ's crown of thorns that they stuck on him when they crucified him. And then there was even a place called Golgotha, which means plays of the skull, mm-hmm. which this is kind of all supposed to represent. And I'm actually not a very religious person, but uh, it's, it's so interesting. And I've seen so many other wonderful artists do this, like take these themes and just you know, turn them, twist them and darken them up. And I've been really enjoying um, exploring that side. And it does feel that my art, my artwork can get a little like bipolar because, yeah, you have these super dark themes and then you have these uh, very ethereal animals almost.
0: Um, Why do you think it it ranges so much? Is that just because you have just such a wide variety of tastes or do you think it's, uh, kind of pulling at two different sides or?
1: I think it's a little bit of both. Um, one reason why, well, a lot of people ask me what mediums I use a lot. And I mm-hmm. say I bounce around because I bounce around between traditional and digital a lot. And I say that because I I get bored. Like I get bored getting stuck in just one. So it kind of helps me to explore a lot more and then come back, like if I'm working on dark things, finish that up. And then it's like, oh, it's time to kind of see the other side of the fence here and go over to that side and do something more, you know, lighthearted. It it helps keep everything fresh for me.
0: Sure, that totally makes sense. Um, you do a lot of what I've seen of your work is is um, figures or um, like singular beings or creatures or people um do you kind of envision them as like characters like you were talking about the, the the woman Golgotha and the crown of thorns like is she somebody that you're like this is a, a specific like character or is that just kind of like do you tell a story about th- these people and creatures and things
1: yeah um oftentimes these uh just start out as dumb little sketches in my sketchbook and then hmm. I'll just keep thinking about it and then I'll eventually end up building a story around it. Um, And with that crown of thorns one in particular, I actually, it was through my fiance that he uh, encouraged me to pursue that character. And so I kind of turned the tables on him. I was like, okay, well, you know, you saw this stupid little sketch and it turned into this. Now you have to help me and write the story about her. So he actually wrote a short little story about her and, um, as we've been selling that print, that short story actually gets included with that print.
0: Oh, that's really cool. Um, Could you tell us maybe a little bit of that story?
1: Um, The story is about a guy, a wanderer who I believe he is trying to summon or uh, recall a loved one from the dead. And he is instructed to go into the specific place and, Perform the specific ritual, and this, uh, this being this girl draped in the skulls is supposed to help grant him, you know, his wish. And honestly, I can't really remember too much of it beyond that. But um, it was just a fun little collaboration. And honestly, I'm kind of intending to do more. Of that type of format to give, you know, whoever purchases a print, the a story to go along with it, because I've discovered that that really excites people, and it's it's always fun, you know, to get a little bit of a backstory yeah. with the art.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's fantastic. I think that's you're creating almost like a, a lore, um, yeah, beyond, beyond what we're seeing, and it, I think that's that's kind of a fun thing to do. Um, It kind of goes back to what, you know, you mentioned like medieval portraiture and stuff, but like, you know, there was a time when everything was either a representation of a story from the Bible or a a historic figure or something like that. And so like, it almost goes back to that, but in the same idea of like, but with fiction instead of nonfiction.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, It's kind of a fun. That's 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 really cool, actually. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned, uh, we mentioned the cons a little bit. So what, uh, do you, do you find that, you know, your, your, your work is a little bit, um, when you look at like the artist alleys in like a comic con, you know, uh, you, you, you get a lot of like traditional comic book artists and then you also get a lot of, um, like fan art or art of like specific. You know, fandoms yeah, yeah. Of fandoms uh how do you feel like you fit in with those areas and like in the, that con setting uh
1: sometimes it's a little hard um I don't <laughs> this is gonna sound silly but I've I've kind of had a hard time fitting in even in like relationships like I haven't had too many friends um and I think a lot of artists can say that about themselves we're all a little different and quirky and introvert in that way. And I feel it's kind of, it definitely is true for me. in when I do more comic cons, uh, cause I do see so much fan art, but it's, you know, not any discouraging fact. It's very exciting when I'm at a comic con and, you know, people keep coming up to my table. And then I see these same people who have bought something walking around with my prints. And it's just this really cool feeling that, you know, as much as we're there at these, you know, comic cons to celebrate the fandoms and the artists who worked on these iconic characters, it's just so endearing to see somebody appreciating something original. And I'm not trying to bash anybody um, for sure by, you know, saying that someone chose my work over their work, but um, I definitely know I can, you know, survive and kind of play with the big boys a little bit at these (laughs) things. Because I know, especially with uh, C2E2, I feel like a lot of the people who are there have been, you know, there in the artist alley for years. So they're so well-established and, you know, just getting a chance to be on equal footing with these very well-established artists, whether they're professionals or whether they're just you know, really enveloped in this community of fans, like it's, it's just so much fun and so cool. Like it's, it's not even like trying to stand up to them. It, it kind of was for me at first a little bit, cause I was trying to get my foot in the door, but now it's just like, oh, this is so cool. Like we're all here and I'm happy to see someone grab my print and I'm happy to see, uh, you know, like a wonder woman print, you know, come to my table from, you know, someone who's looking to buy from me as well.
0: Yeah, no, that's 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 very well put. And it, it, is, it is interesting at, at, to see it at, at cons because I think um, there there is some really amazing, you know, fan art out there, you know, that uh, takes what they're using to a whole nother level. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, but then also just like the comic book artists as well. I mean, you know, we kind of, Outside of, you know, cons and the comic book culture, like comic book artists, kind of get like pigeonholed into this one box. But I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they do so so much great, amazing work, and it, it, it's it's interesting that 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 happens. Yeah. Um. So you talk uh, your your website. It says uh, at the top it says Re- redefining the line between illustration and fine art. Uh, could you maybe expound upon that a little bit more?
1: Yeah, that I kind of pegged that down because um, that's actually going back to when I was in college. I, illus- I majored in illustration, but I also took a minor in fine art. And so um, it was funny because there was so much. Uh, hate. Like there was so much competition (laughs) between the illustration and the fine art department, which is really kind of funny and silly at the same time. And just because we all practically did the same thing, Mm -hmm. but you know, the illustration majors took more of a fantasy twist to it, whereas the fine art majors took more of a realism, you know, path to their art. And so I was it was kind of in the same sense. I was, I was an illustrator playing in the league of, you know, fine artists and I can, and so I was trying to um, define myself as there's no definition between the two. Like I can come in and out of either side of this art making process almost just as well as I can do a, a comic con And and, an anime con, and have the same amounts of success. And um, I I guess I never really thought about it that way. But it, um, so that's how that kind of came about. And just the fact that we also talked about that rooster illustration that I had on my website, I feel like uh, that, and even the series that it belonged to, uh, which there's an accompanying tiger, an accompanying uh, rabbit, a dragon and a horse i feel that those could easily fall in between or fall either to the fine art realm or the illustration realm so there's really you know no definition and so i'm constantly crossing over i'm constantly switching between digital and traditional i'm constantly switching between light and dark i'm just constantly switching
0: no that, that's fair i think that's, that's a good point and i think um a lot of art schools and uh, people even just outside of schools kind of create these imaginary barriers between different realms of art. Um, mm-hmm.
1: There and- are definitely clicks for sure. It, it doesn't ever go away from high school as much as you want it to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I, I think that's a good point though. I think there, th- those barriers are kind of constructs that we put in there ourselves. And I think, you know, they're like those lines are are much blurrier than people like to believe. Mm-hmm. No, that's it's it's a great point. That is a, that is a fantastic point. Um, so you went to school for illustration. Mm-hmm. Um, had, do you do mostly just independent work, or do you uh, do contracted work, or?
1: Um, for the. First eight and a half years after I uh, after I got out of school, I did uh, a bit of contracting, and then I became a full fledged graphic designer. And I back in 2019, I got uh, laid off from that graphic design job. And then in the meantime, when I was still doing that graphic design job, I was starting to really branch out and become and start being true to my myself, my passion, what I wanted to do. So I believe it was in 2015 was when I started really buckling down on my art and started joining the con circuit. And I've done um, some commission work here and there during that time of working. And then uh, since I've had a bit of a life change, I'm like, well, I guess I'm doing this more full time than, you know, well, I'd always intended to do it more full time, but it came a lot sooner than I had intended it to, but I have no regrets on what's happened. And it's actually been a great shift for me. And um, so now it's just uh, being more aggressive with, you know, getting into cons. And I feel that C2, getting into C2E2 was definitely a big uh, boost in my, you know, career plan for that. And um, so, yeah, I've uh, I do do contract work. I'm open for commissions. I'm open for, you know, if anyone has any tabletop game ideas that they would like to collaborate with me on, I'm definitely open for all of that.
0: Awesome. That's, that's really cool. Um, you mentioned that the, the rooster was a part of a series um, that came through with the, as you listed, it was obviously, it was apparent that it was part members of the, the Chinese Zodiac. Did you do, uh, many, many series or is most of your work kind of one off?
1: Most of my work is one off. Um, I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to really collect my thoughts and really starting to build universes. We were talking about, you know, even with the crown of thorns, there was a short story involved. Um, mm-hmm. I have plans for an upcoming set of illustrations two in specific, where uh, they feature characters that I've been developing for a couple of years now. And I'm hoping that when I get them, that they'll come out at the same time, basically. So it's not like I'll make one and then a year later, we have to wait for the other illustration to come out. But I would also, once again, like to incorporate a story. And um, that's also kind of where I'm wanting to head with my illustration. So hopefully we're not, you know, going to have these as many of these one-off designs or what these one-time ideas, hopefully we're going to continue with the theme per set of ideas. That that totally makes makes, any sense. Yeah, (laughs)
0: sure. It's almost, um, in a weird way, it's like a, it's almost like a single panel, like, story so like you know like you're using it's it's not quite like a graphic novel where you're seeing multiple panels telling a story but it's like there's a story and then there's the visual to it um but it's you know like a single panel or one or two panels so it's
1: right
0: it's it's kind of into that storytelling realm which is you know i mean that's what you know illustration and art is is visual storytelling so that's that's kind of awesome thanks um so that's kind of what you're kind of planning on up ahead is kind of creating more more down that realm that's that's really neat um could you maybe let people know where they can find your work
1: yeah my main website is amandasharf.com and I tell people the hardest part about that uh web address is just knowing how to spell my name which <laughs> which my last name is S-C H A R F. And um that's really the hardest part of that bit. And then I'm on Twitter as Amanda Sharf, which once again, if you just know how to spell my name, you're gonna find me. And then um my Instagram is Aya underscore fiche with like two E's, I think. I can't quite remember, but if you go to my main website there are all these links and I try to be active on social media and sometimes I get, well, a lot of times I get more sucked into just making art than I do talking about my art.
0: (laughs) I think, I think we all get, get to that point sometimes. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Amanda Sharp, for, for joining us uh, for Connected. I I really appreciate you, you uh, coming on and talking.
1: Of course. I'm just very excited to do something like this. I'm Um, yeah, I'm very shy about (laughs) talking about myself. So I'm surprised you got more than two words out of me per question. You know,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think you did great. I think, uh, You you know, your work, even though it does speak for itself, I think you did a a fantastic job of representing it as well. So thank you again for joining us. And uh, thank you to everyone who listens to Connected. We appreciate that. Um, You can also find us on social media uh, and at sidestudioarts.org. Also, if you like Connected, Make sure you let your friends know that the show exists. Also, you can follow us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can rate and review us. Rating and reviewing really helps us out a lot as well. And uh, just keep in mind, uh, episodes of Connected come out on Wednesdays. And stay connected. Connected is a Side Street Studio Arts production. Music by Tanner Nolan. Produced by Nick Mataragas. To find out more about Connecticut and all the great things Sidestreet Studio Arts offers, please visit sidestreetstudioarts.org.